Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. It ain't the left side or the right side. Thank you, Solo D. Welcome to another episode of On the Fin Side here with Kat and Paul Pickin. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Spreaker, iTunes, YouTube, iHeartRadio, and on Spotify. Be sure to check out our merchandise store as well, onthefinside.threadless.com. Paul, the Dolphins are 3-0 and for just the second time since 2002 and with an impressive victory over the Oakland Raiders, 28-20 to at Hard Rock Stadium in Miami. Your thoughts on the Dolphins and the start and just the AFC East in general so far? Well, I, th- I think an important thing to note, in addition to the fact that the Dolphins are 3-0 and here, is the Pats, Jets, and Bills are all two games back from Miami three weeks into the season. And that's huge. And they all have some big question marks right now. I mean, anybody that watched the Patriots game this week, the Pats look bad on offense. They look bad on defense to the point where living up here in New England, you're hearing Pats fans say they think that maybe the Patriots threw the game to get Matt Patricia some good press in, in Detroit, which is the most ludicrous thing I've ever heard. But that's how badly the Patriots are playing right now. They look slow. They look old. And Miami is finding ways to do some exciting things that we all saw this past week, especially in the fourth quarter, that keep a defense on their toes and make the Dolphins' offense something that is a nightmare to game plan for. And when you look at the Patriots on defense, what I noticed defensively for them, and we won't get too far into this, but they were very slow at linebacker. And if the Dolphins can spread the field out and do what they did against the Raiders with getting Jakeem Grant and Albert Wilson in motion and all these mismatch problems, it could be a problem. I mean, and also to take a look at next week, if the Dolphins take care of business against the Patriots, I think that's a franchise changing win. And if, gives them a big-time lead because the Bills and the Jets, too, next week, they're going to be eight-and-a-half and ten-point and underdogs in their game. So there, there's something – you beat the Patriots next week, things can get fun. This game was also fun here. Let's go over the nuts and bolts of the game. Eight minutes in, Jordy Nelson has three catches for 139 yards and a touchdown just on the first two drives. To put that in perspective, the Raiders and Dolphins play each other pretty often. Fred Bolitnikoff from, what, 40 – years ago I don't know the exact date I think his record was like 133 yards against the Dolphins that's the most receiving yards ever against the Dolphins in a game by a Raider and Jordy Nelson had this in the first eight minutes in the first two drives so the Raiders score in the first drive then get stopped in the one yard line to keep it at seven to nothing instead of 14 nothing a huge play there 
led by Davin Gotcha and Rico McMillan on that goal line stand. The Dolphins answer back with a 34-yard touchdown to Kenny Stills to make it 7-7. What happened in the second and the third quarters was amazing and something I didn't think the Dolphins were going to bounce back from, Paul. In the second quarter, the Raiders have a 16-play drive that takes up 8 minutes and 34 seconds. They go up 10-7. Dolphins don't score before the half. Raiders come back and have another 16-play drive that takes up 9 minutes and 41 seconds to go up 17-7. to I got to tell you, at that point, I thought the Dolphins were gassed with two minutes left in the third quarter. No, completely. It's, and, and, and overall, it was a pretty boring game. Looking back at the Jordy Nelson piece, I think part of that, we're going to see a fix for that this week. I think they missed Rashad Jones. Minka Fitzpatrick has been phenomenal this year, but I think he had a little bit of growing pains early on in this game, and that was a big credit as far as Jordy Nelson. He took a bad angle to make the tackle and coverage, which sprung Jordy on that first one. And on the second one, you know what? He, I can't wait to have Rashad and Minka back there together. I think that's going to fix some of that issue. And they really locked Jordy down from that point on. So, yeah, it was a little bit of a tough start, but Miami held up. And good teams find ways to come back in those type of situations and make the plays they have to to win. And Miami did just that this week. They did, and you're exactly right. Jordy Nelson, after that three-catch, 139-yard start, I believe he had three catches for 20 yards the rest of the way, so they, they did recover very nicely. And you see a pattern of the, of the Dolphins finding a way to get it done and adjusting throughout the game. But, man, that was a scary start. Uh, look, Paul, let's get into the grades here. Quarterback spot for the second week in a row, Ryan Tannehill has 17 Passes for 23 yards, a little bit more impressive this time. He finishes with 289 yards passing and three touchdowns. I'm going to throw it to you for the quarterbacks. I see a lot of folks have issue with the fact that the two shovel passes really got Ryan a lot of credit. That's part of today's NFL game. You want to discredit him for that. You need to take away a lot of what Pat Mahomes is doing out in Kansas City. You need to take away a lot of what a lot of folks are doing. Yeah, it was a shovel pass. Brady completes those two. Aaron Rodgers completes those two. They're a part of the game, and, and, yeah, he got his stat line a little bit padded based on that. I thought he played all right. There were a couple of times he held the ball a little bit too long, but he had – I mean, that touch pass to Kenny Stills in the end zone was a thing of beauty in, into a very tight window. That pass to Devontae Parker down the sidelines was a thing of beauty. The fact that he was a part of Albert Wilson being free to make that touchdown pass to Jakeem Grant was huge. I'll, I'll give him a solid B here. There was nothing spectacular, but he did what he needed to do, including early on when Miami was struggling, making a beautiful run to get the first down, knowing right where the sticks were. Paul, I got to say, I'm shocked. I was expecting a solid A, A-plus out of you from, from Tannehill, simply because, I mean, last week they had an, you gave Tannehill an A-minus. I was, I was expecting the grade to be a little higher. So this might be, and I'm saying this because this might be a first. I'm going to give him, I'm going to give him a B plus. And I was thinking about an A minus, but I'm going to give him a B plus. You're right um, in that his stats were a little bit padded by that, and people are saying that. So if you take out those two shovel passes, uh, then Tannehill finishes with. 197 yards passing and a touchdown. Still a good game, I mean, from him, especially in a winning effort. The two things I was impressed by the most is when he 
saw that there was an opportunity to run. He not only got that first down, but also pump faked along the way and froze the linebacker. So he had just enough to get in there. I thought the Kenny Stills pass for a touchdown was a thing of beauty. The Devontae Parker 36 yard throw was also a thing of beauty. I'm going to give him a B plus here. I'm going to, so let's look at the running backs here. Uh, Kenyon Drake and Frank Gore. 11 carries for 15 yards. They just could not get this running game going. A total of 22 rushing and receiving yards from Gore and from Drake. It seems like a reoccurring theme every week. It's hard to blame them because it's the running back position is so reliant on the offensive line. There was nothing in the middle. And the Raiders, I believe, really game-planned to make the run defense a lot better this week. They got gashed in the first two weeks letting up almost six yards per carry to opposing running backs. I think they made an effort in this game to to stock up on that, and they succeeded. The other part of that is the Dolphins succeeded in the passing game. But overall, when I look at the stat line and see 11 carries for 15 yards, I can't give them any higher than a D-plus here. Yeah, for me, I'm going to be a little more generous than you, but not much. I mean, part of it, I'm going to give them a little bit of credit because, as you pointed out, the Raiders – heavily heavily parked their ass at the line of scrimmage and said you're not running the football and and, you know made Miami have to find ways in the passing game to get it done so for me I'm going to give these guys a C even though the stats weren't there because really the the entirety of the Raiders game plan was beat us through the air and and so they stacked the line of scrimmage ridiculously heavily so granted you're you're not going to be able to run the ball effectively when the other team is selling out to stop the run. So I thought they fought hard for some good yards, but they they just couldn't get it fully done. But a part of that was the scheme against them. And, hey, if every week the opposing defense wants to stack up on the run to the point where Tannehill and the passing game can do what they did, which if you include Albert Wilson in that, you're looking at 350 yards passing. 18 for 24 and four touchdowns. That's fine. Go ahead and stock up on the run all day. The passing game's going to kill you if you want to do that. Looking at the receiving unit, Paul, receivers and tight ends, we really saw the full platter of what the Dolphins can do here at the wide receiver position and tight end too. I mean, Devontae Parker comes back, makes a few catches. We just really saw all of it. We really did. And the one knock I have on the receiving unit here is I think they need to balance out the snap counts a little bit better because, God, how do you keep Albert Wilson and Jakeem Grant to where the two of them combined don't have as many snaps as Devontae Parker did? The two of them combined. And, and, and they did so many special things. And this is not to knock Devontae Parker in this game. He had a couple of good plays, but we saw exactly what we've talked about wanting to see for years in what they did with Jakeem Grant and Albert Wilson in this game. And it was so ridiculously special. The other thing that, that I'd really like to see is I want to see Gesicki. Well, I want to see him start snowballing his progress a little bit better because he's not getting a lot of balls his way, but he's not getting open for a lot of balls his way. He had a couple of catches in this game and looked okay once he did, but he's a big dude. He can't let one dude ankle tackle him. He, he's got to be a little bit more of a, a factor in this offense. But given all the special things that we saw out of Grant, out of Wilson, 
given the fact that Amendola and Parker, they did their jobs in this one, and Stills had, had you know, a Stills-like game, I can give these guys an easy A here, and it's hard not to give them an A plus because what we saw that can be so special out of Grant and Wilson in this game. I'm going to give them an A as well. I mean, what else could you ask for here? I mean, they were able to interweave five different receivers, and it, heck, seven if you include Derby and Gasecki having combining for four catches. I mean, Kenny Stills has that deep touchdown, and by the way, his 18th touchdown in the last 34 games. Pretty special stuff. Parker came in, and I, yeah, they used him a lot, but, and I would have had a problem with that if the Dolphins ended up losing the game. But then in the fourth quarter, you sneak Jakeem Grant and Albert Wilson on the field, and they bust all these big plays. So you had the, you had the two touchdowns by Jakeem Grant. One throw, one was a shovel pass by Tannehill. Another one, a long throw by Albert Wilson. So. Yeah, you saw everything. And also, don't discount, too, Danny Amendola, three clutch first-down catches when the Dolphins at those times were struggling to move the football. So if the Dolphins can keep spreading the ball out the way they do and everybody stays happy and everybody stays motivated, this really could be special stuff. Yeah, tight end, I got to tell you, Gasicki has not impressed me a whole heck of a lot. He did have three catches in this game, but... Going back to my pre-draft evaluation on him, I don't think he's very powerful. I think he's laggy. I think he struggles to get in and out of cuts effectively and allows the DB to get in his pocket. I think that's why you're struggling to see the separation. Hopefully he can start making a few more catches here in traffic. Overall, going to give this unit an A. The offensive line, again, I'm going to go back to Jawan James and Laramie Tunzel. It seems like every week, we're not talking about them. Hey, how many times have we said on the show throughout three games now that, wow, he really got whipped on that play. I, I can't recall one of us doing it at all. A couple of penalties do need to get cleaned up. But overall, I felt the path, pass protection is very good in this contest. They're doing a good job of replacing Josh Sitton at left guard with, with Ted Larson. It's not an upgrade by any means, but they have pass protected very well. But Run blocking was not good, even with the Raiders showing a lot of attention to the defensive front. But the name of the game here was the pass protection on the offensive line. I'm going to go ahead and give the offensive line a B minus. I'll actually give them a B plus, and and a lot of that has to do with some of the reasons you were talking about. And I'm a little surprised at myself here, but when I think about the fact that they had five guys trying to block seven or eight on any given play, both in pass protection and in the run game, I'm not going to fault these guys. It's, I mean, yeah, you had a, a bogus penalty called on, on Kilgore where he buried the guy that had his arms around him. And, and speaking of the officiating real quick, I'm just going to throw it back to the receiver group for a second. What a bunch of bogus penalties we had called in this game. Those two pick plays that weren't pick plays where the defensive back threw themselves into the wide receiver what a joke. I mean, the fact that Miami was able to overcome some of the officiating in this game is huge, too. But, yeah, for the offensive line, I can give them a B plus. They were very solid in pass protection. They cleaned up some issues from the week before, and they did what they could in the run game, given the fact that my, Oakland was, you know, selling the house, trying to come after the run. Yeah, I'm with you, and the officiating was pathetic. I mean, there were at least three plays against the Dolphins that I thought were really bad. Still's offensive pass interference actually negated – a which what what would have been the biggest play by the running backs of the of the game where Frank Gore caught that pass, 
and got it for a first down, it would have put points on the board for the Dolphins heading into halftime, at least a field goal. But, yeah, it was pretty bad. The Dolphins also had a pretty bogus rough in the passer, too, with Maurice Hurst not even close to being rough in the passer on Tannehill. But overall, it did not even out. So let's take a look at the defensive side here, Paul. Cameron Wake seemed like he was back in this game. I mean, that pass rush against Derek Carr forced him to throw that interception to Xavier Howard. He also had a sack that was called, that was negated on a stupid, stupid play with Akeem Spence, where he got ejected for grabbing Kalichi Assembly's helmet. But the pass rush, very, very good in this contest. Uh, and also, too, at the defensive line, not the best game from Jordan Phillips, but Davin Gottschaw continues to be stout against the run. Vincent Taylor, every time I see him on the field, he seems to be getting better and better. Even without William Hayes and Akeem Spence in this game, for most of the game, we saw a very terrific performance here. Constant pressure on Derek Carr, and I don't blame Marshawn Lynch having a little bit of success between the tackles on the defensive line. I, I put that a little bit more to the linebackers and to the safeties. A side note, too, William Hayes is out for the year with a torn ACL. We'll certainly miss him. Akeem Spence, when he got kicked out of the game, just a bonehead move. But I, anyway, I'm rambling on here, but... This really set the tone for the Dolphins up front, allowed them to create constant pressure up front. I'm going to give them an A-. minus. I'm going to go with an A for the defensive line. It, it's, it seemed like every time there was a critical moment, and you know, if you take the, the play after the play from Akeem Spence that you, you've already touched on out of the equation, they had some drive-killing, drive-stopping moments in this game, and they were really stout against the run. Marshawn Lynch is, is – an absolute beast to bring down. There's a reason, you know, the nickname is beast mode. It's, he does not go down very easily. And, you know, they held him up pretty well in this game, I thought. And when you look at the pass rush, you know, whether it's William Hayes on the play, he got injured, shutting down the Raiders there, whether it's Cam Wake with the big sack that should have shut down the Raiders. If it wasn't for Akeem Spence getting into that boneheaded stuff, you look at Robert Quinn decking, Derek Carr early in the game. You look at on that Xavier Howard interception, Cam Wake decked Carr just a half half a step before he threw the ball. I mean, they were beating and battering Derek Carr in this game and holding up against the run. I I love watching Vincent Taylor get out there. I love all three of our young defensive tackles out there and what they can do. So really, Miami found ways to to be special along the defensive line in this game. And I'm really excited to see that against Tom Brady this coming week. So absolutely easy A for me. 19 carries for 64 yards for Marshawn Lynch. Doug Martin had nine for 43. So, but Marshawn Lynch, his long was nine yards. So that's where the success came. It did seem like he had a, a lot of success on first and second down, kind of those five, six, seven yard runs, which allowed the Raiders to easily keep drives going because they'd be in third and short so often, but they they didn't allow him to spring that 20 or 25 yard run that we saw in Monday Night Football last year. So kudos to the defensive line for that. The linebackers, again, Kiko Alonso all over the field in this game. Raekwon McMillan with a massive goal line stand, if you rewatch that play, where they, they stop fullback Keith Smith at the goal line, which is a stupid play call, but Stop him at the goal line. You'll see you'll see Raekwon McMillan jumping in and, and making that tackle. 
Still not what I want to see in coverage out of Raekwon. Want to see more Jerome Baker, who flies more around the ball. It, they had some tra- they had some tackling issues. Too many times Marshawn was was there for a negative gain or for a loss or for just a two-yard gain, and he ended up with four or five yards on the play. But that's kind of what you get with Marshawn. You know, you're not going to just stop him dead in your tracks in every play. So overall, the linebackers I felt did pretty well in this game. It was some missed tackles, and because of that, I'm going to give him a B. I'm right there with you on the B. It's, I, I think this was probably the best game we've seen out of Jerome Baker so far, even though he had a, a little bit of a, an injury during the game. I, from what I understand, he's going to be fine. Kiko, it's weird because he put up a better stat line this week, but I think he played better against the Jets. So it's, you know, it's still definitely good to see the old Kiko back again. And like you've said with Rake, I mean, he had his good, he had his bad, but we've got to remember this is a guy that's three games into his NFL career at this point. It might be his second year in the league, but he's three games into his NFL career. So I'm willing to give him a little bit more time, but I'm with you on, on, on exactly where he's at. So, yeah, it's an easy B for me for the linebackers. And Raekwon, too, I think he is what he is. That's my big thing. And I'm fine with him. I'm fine with him being a two-down linebacker. And I think he's doing a good job in that role. And I don't think we're going to see him ever be an asset in pass coverage. And that's okay. That's why we have Jerome Baker in those situations. Baker and Alonzo cover a lot of ground. So the linebacker unit at this point is way better than I thought that it would be. And that's encouraging. Defensive back. I don't think there is, if there's a cornerback in the NFL better than Xavier Howard right now, I'd like to see him. Seven interceptions in the last eight games. You better give this guy every dollar that you have to make sure that you keep him under wrap. I mean, if the Dolphins extend Xavier Howard after the season, I mean, we're talking $15, $16 million a year. I mean, to put that in perspective, Tremaine Johnson signed with the Jets for $15 million a year, and I think Xavier Howard is younger and is playing at a far higher level than Tremaine Johnson ever has. So fantastic if you can keep all that in place. As we talked about with Jordy Nelson, a lot of miscommunications in the secondary. Some of that may have had to do with Rashad Jones being out. Minka did play that more that strong safety type role, but they settled in pretty well. So Bobby McCain had a little bit of a tough day overall when you consider everything against Jordy Nelson. Let up uh, that that big second pass that was a 62-yarder that got him all the way down to the goal line. But kudos to Minka for chasing him down, Jordy Nelson down, or it would have been 14 nothing right off the bat. So you've got that. Uh, T.J. McDonald, I thought, had a, had a very good game, too. Rashad was missed uh, largely, too, because when McTire was put out there, McTire was clearly the one with the target on his back. It's something I worry about next week when New England comes into town. A couple of dropped interceptions, too. Xavier Howard had two picks. Torrey McTire and T.J. McDonald also dropped very easy interceptions. So that, those two interceptions could have been four. But after the first eight minutes of the game, I thought the secondary held up very, very well. I would give him an A- minus based on that. But with Jordy Nelson and him going off in the first eight minutes of the game, and with uh, Derek Carr throwing for, what, 344 yards, I'm going to give him a B plus. Yeah, it's, uh, I'm with you on that. It, it, the first two drives were a little rough for the secondary, but they locked it in from that point on. I mean, Jordy Nelson had 130-something yards on the first two drives. I think Derek Carr had 140-something yards on those first two drives. So when you see that he went over 300 yards and and you look at from that point onward, 
the secondary played really well. I mean, the Xavier Howard interceptions, the first one was a jump ball, or I mean, I'm sorry, a Hail Mary that went awry and Xavier was the one that tracked it. That second one, though, that was a very, very, very impressive interception on a jump ball where Xavier Howard put himself in position where he was the only one that could come down with it and put the offensive player on defense against him, and there was no way for the offensive player to win it there. So great job by Xavier Howard. As a matter of fact, uh, I'll go one step further on, on if you can name a better defensive back right now in the NFL. I'd love to see if our listeners could, could name one in the comments because I sure can't, and I'm expecting we're not going to see a lot of it. But, yeah, no, it's, I'm very happy with what I saw to the defensive backs in this one, especially given the fact that McTire was called up to, to help out. And, yeah, he had a target on his back, but he really wasn't a weak link in any way overall. So and we should have Rashad back this week. I'm kind of expecting that Minkle will start next to him. TJ will come in in the nickel, and Minkle will slide out to nickel coverage. And that immediately improves the defensive backfield. I absolutely, absolutely love what I saw out of our defensive backs after those first two drives when they locked it up. So for me, I can give him that A-, minus, especially given the play of Xavier Howard and the way he was able to neutralize Amari Cooper all day. And I have a correction to make, too. It was actually 34 yards by Jordy Nelson after those first couple of plays. To go on about Xavier Howard, this is not just, over the last eight games dating back to last year, it's not just the interceptions. I mean, you remember how he, from in back-to-back weeks last year, shut down Brandon Cooks and then shut down Demarius Thomas. And the word throughout the week was that Xavier Howard was going to shadow Amari Cooper. He did a lot of that. It wasn't it wasn't completely shadowing him because on that interception that you talked about, it was against Martavis Bryant, but he did spend a lot of time on Amari Cooper. Amari Cooper, two catches, 17 yards. I mean, he is flat out shutting people down. He's got the skill set. Can't say enough about this guy right now. Moving along to the special teams to wrap it up, Paul, I'm going to throw it to you. How can you be upset with the special teams? I thought they had some good returns in this game. I like the way that they're rotating Jakeem and and Amendola back there. I think it helps keep Jakeem a little bit fresh for some of those special plays on offense. Sanders looked good, again, kicking the ball. I'm very, very happy with what they've gotten out of him, uh, especially given the struggles we saw early in the preseason that had both of us worried coming into the season. And, And Matt Hawk, he did have one short punt, but you know what? He continues to boom the ball on a regular basis. So he's pinning the opposing team deep here. I'll give these guys a B plus. There wasn't a huge return in kick coverage. B plus is pretty easy for me on this one. I'm gonna I'm right there with you on the B plus. Yeah, that Hawk punt, I think it was about twenty six, twenty seven yards, uh something like that. But hey, look, for how well he's done the last two games, I'm willing to let that go. He's having a heck of a year so far. If, if it weren't for that, I'd probably give him an A- minus or an A, but yeah, we're going to stick with that. And I'm glad that Darren Rizzi's coverage teams have come back so well after that first game against Tennessee. Paul, who is your star and, as we call the our jackass of the game? The star of the game, this was a tough one for me. It's, you know, I looked at what Albert Wilson did when he came in, and it was ridiculously special. It was, it was definitely a spark for the offense. I looked at what Shaquem Grant did. I loved watching those two high-five running away from the defense uh, on that Albert Wilson touchdown. And there, there are a few guys it could go to, but how do you not give it to Xavier Howard? I mean, he's playing the best cornerback in the NFL right now. 
He had two interceptions on the day. He was a big part in shutting down Amari Cooper. And, and, you know, Amari Cooper and Derek Carr are not slouches here. So you look at everything that he did in this game, and, God, he's a fun player to watch. And like you alluded to earlier, I really hope Miami's learned their lesson from a few past players and locks saving Howard up early before his contract is up and he's got a chance to to kind of hold Miami over a barrel here because he's going to be very in demand if he hits free agency ever. So, yeah, no, Xavier Howard's easy for me on this one. As far as the jackass of the game, yeah, this is a tough one. This really is. I mean, there were some tough spots in this game. Man, I'm going to have to give it to – I'm going to have to give it time. to Frank Gore. No, I'm I, I'm going to have to give it to Gore. I, I – and and this is not a, a dislike of Gore. This is, I mean, it could go to either him or Drake, but really the fact that they weren't able to find ways to get involved, and Gore is that wily veteran, as we saw against the Jets the previous week, where he can create his own plays at times, like he did on the screen pass, to just be involved and help the offense move along. And now, now you got me hating that we call it jackass of the week, because I don't want to refer to Gore as a jackass here. But in all fairness, do it. He's the wily veteran back there and couldn't get it done. So, yep, I got to call Frank Gore my jackass of the week. Sorry. Buddy. Well, my jackass of the week is easy. It's Akeem Spence. In the second quarter, mm. Spence, hey, hey, and hey, this guy has been playing very, very well. I mean, the last, th- those six quarters in the Jets game and the first two quarters of the Raiders game, this guy has played a lot better than I thought. I thought he was going to be just another guy. He's fit very well into that rotation, but you can't let your emotions get the best of you in that type of game because it negated a Cameron Wake sack. The Dolphins were getting the ball back in a tie game. Instead, the Raiders go on to to have a, a drive of almost nine minutes and go up 10 to seven. I mean, the, they're very lucky on those two drives that the Dolphins did not get completely gassed and ended up coming back later in the game. But overall, smiles all around. The Dolphins are three and oh. They play the New England Patriots next week. And if they win that game, man, does this season get fun in a hurry. So that will do it for our breakdown of the Miami Dolphins 28-20 to victory over the Oakland Raiders. You can follow Paul and I on Facebook, Twitter, Spreaker, iTunes, YouTube, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. Also, check out our Twitter handles, too. I'm BrianCat13. Paul is Fanatic underscore Pick. That's Fanatic with a P-H. And also check out our store as well our, for our merchandise. It's on the finside.threadless.com. And if it's not on the right side and it's not on the left side, it is on the fin side. Solo D, take us home. It ain't the left side or the right side. And it must be the fin side. It ain't the left side or the right side. And it must be the fin side. Listen, Dolphins fans across the land all tuning in to see what Brian Cat and Paul about to do again. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.